Welcome to Are You Afraid of the Stacks? My name is Sedina. I'm an assistant branch manager in youth services at the Barbara Bush branch in Cypress Creek. Are You Afraid of the Stacks is a special episode where we talk about the spookier side of children's literature. And my name is Jennifer. I'm the senior adult program specialist here at the High Meadows Branch Library, and we both work for the Harris County Public Library System. And today we are going to talk about Camp Murder Face and the honor of summer camp. I've only ever actually been to one summer camp when I was little. I have never been to summer camp. You've never been to summer camp? Oh, no. Missing out. I will admit this was a little immersive as far as the way that it was written. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so Camp Murderface was written by Josh Burke and Sandra Mitchell. It was published in 2020 by HarperCollins. And there is a sequel that you can now get. We have not read that one yet. So no. that will be something you'll have to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> I adored this book. I had no clue you had never gone to a summer camp. I've never gone to a summer camp. I want to say that my mom probably did not feel comfortable sending us away for the summer with strangers. So normally in the summers, we spent it with family either in Canada, where my family originated from, or we just hung out. My parents had a small business, so we hung out in their small business. So summer camp was, I've only experienced it through TV and film and books. So this was an interesting one because like you said, it was more immersive. You got more day-to-day interactions than Mm -hmm. what I'm used to with summer camp experiences. So this is really interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Our two main characters are really the only characters you get their full names for. (laughs) Everybody else gets kind of mean nicknames from the camp counselors, which that was not my experience. I don't want kids to be like, this is... This is not what I want to do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I wrote, I was like, I've never been to camp. So the nicknames really threw me off because I was like, those are just very mean. I wasn't sure how to (laughs) handle it. I was like, okay. (laughs) And not to say that maybe that isn't Josh Burke and Sandra Mitchell's experience, but I think that the camp counselors were written to be especially grotesque and mean. Yeah. Definitely caricatures. Mm -hmm. And that was not my experience. Camp was actually really nice and very, very similar feel to reading this book, minus the haunting. (laughs) Yeah. If you had said the haunting was the same, I would be like, Sadina, come on. (laughs) Classic Sadina. Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed in Camp Murderface that I'll talk about was that there were so many throwbacks to campy horror, which Mm. is what I prefer. It's how I consume horror. I love that 80 slasher genre. So in the very beginning, we have our first ominous horror trope (laughs) with Camp Sweetwater stenciled on the side of the bus in red paint. (laughs) It looks like it's smeared. It's supposed to look like blood. And I was like, oh, yes, this is what I want to read. You know, and it wasn't too campy because camp is your thing, but camp is not normally my thing. Yeah. And it wasn't so over the top that I would read it. And normally I would probably roll my eyes, but this was just really fun, engaging. And it really balanced out well the moments that were kind of scary. I think so too. I think it had a good blend of campy. It had a good blend of a little bit of psychological. Mm. Of course we have our, you know, haunting, but then there was enough humor mixed in to where he kind of got relief from that tension that was building throughout the whole book. It was just a really great, I want to say it's a great read to start off your summer. You know? It really is. It felt very, now I've only ever seen Goonies once, but it yeah. felt very Goonies, like that mystery kind of, you have to go to the library and you have to do research. And yeah. Oh, by the way, the <laughs> I wrote it down too. <laughs> the SRP. <Yeah. laughs> 
So at one point in the book, our main characters, Tez and Kryn, have to go to the library to do some research. And a clown is there because obviously there's a program happening at the library. And I wrote down the quote. One of them points at the summer reading sign and says, Carnival of Books. It's a theme. And then the other person says, it's a creepy theme. And I was like holding my arguments in as we all prepare for oceans of possibilities with our theme for this year. Yeah, this, I didn't realize that SRP would be showcased in this book <laughs> to such an extent. And I initially just chose it because of summer camp and mm-hmm. things like that. And our program will be going on hiatus for yeah. SRP because we both are very involved with SRP. Mm-hmm. But um, to see it kind of like crop up with this tongue in cheek was actually really nice. <laughs> It was really, really fun. And it was a good way to see the other side of it. Because I wonder if that's how some kids and teens look at us with our themes and getting ready for the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was just really, really just so, so cute and so fun. Yes. So back to the kids. We have our two main characters are Mm -hmm. Karen. She is the one who starts off narrating first Mm -hmm. and swaps narratives and goes to Tez. Mm -hmm. I think they only swap once each chapter. Once Mm -hmm. it's Karen and once is Tez and Corinne is great. I adore Corinne. She is so classic and I'm sure you absolutely associated with her because I was born in the later part of the 80s and you were born in the earlier part of the 80s mm-hmm. but that like very strong-willed tomboy 80s yes. girl. <laughs> yes because that's so me. <laughs> So in the beginning, when Corinne was talking about Elliot, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so boy crazy. Like then Elliot turns out to be her bike. And I was like, yes, I get it. (laughs) Same. I had a very similar reaction where I was like, oh God, Elliot. Okay, cool. I guess this is our main character. And it was not only her bike, but it was her BMX bike. And I was like, what? And her big hero is a BMX guy. And I was like, this is okay, Corinne. I got you. I got you. I like that. She did have some dark humor with her because she felt that her parents sent her away to summer camp because they didn't want her to be around as they split up and separated. And they sent her to camp under the guise of they're going to pay her so she's going to earn some money. And that's the only reason why she goes because she needs money for Elliot, her bike. And so, like I said, she has a little bit of dark humor, I think, because of that, because there's obviously some issues that she's dealing with it. But the way she handled it was just total teenager. I just, I really loved it. I did too. I especially liked the difference between Corinne and Tez. Mm -hmm. Corinne is going sort of against her will to this Mm -hmm. summer camp, not because she's not into summer camp, but because she is aware of the ulterior motive. Yeah. And she thinks her parents think that she's not smart enough to clue in that they're getting a divorce, which I'm not from a household of divorce I just came from a single parent household but I can only imagine what that environment would feel like how you would feel isolated also left out it affects the family but it's not a family decision yeah and so I I really felt that Corinne encompassed a lot of what I would imagine that would feel like Mm -hmm. I think you know one of our bigger themes that we always talk about with this podcast is how each book lends itself to a specific conversation you can have with your children Mm -hmm. and I think this one lends itself to a conversation to have with your kids or any young child within your household of trusting them to understand what's happening in the household and having that open communication with them. Because I think if Corinne's parents would have just trusted her to just kind of have like an initial conversation with her and be like, you know, there may be some uncomfortable things happening this summer. This is what's happening between us. We don't really want to have 
have negative feelings and that's Mm -hmm. what we're sending you to summer camp. Maybe she would have gone into it a little bit differently. Yeah. So I really thought that that was like the big conversation we could probably take out of it is that there could have been a conversation that she had with her caregivers. And that's something that I took from it, that there's always room for conversation with your child. Right. Because not only was the divorce being swept under the rug or hidden behind a curtain, but Corinne herself felt like she was being swept under a rug or hidden behind a curtain, which very isolating. And then the whole experience at the camp, there were definitely moments where they felt isolated as well because they thought everything spooky was only happening to them. Yeah. And then on the other hand, there's Tez. By the way, Tez's name is my absolute favorite name. And I don't know why people can't pronounce Archimedes, but whatever. It's fine. (laughs) I love Archimedes more than I love Tesla. So please, you know what I mean? Like Archimedes is just such a, I love that name. I'm not dogging Tesla. That's a very cool name too. But Archimedes, that's just my nerd side just coming out, you know? Same. So Tez, his full name is Archimedes Tesla Jones. Mm -hmm. And he does not like it. He has experienced many people being unable to pronounce his name. And as somebody with a name that is unpronounceable to most of America, Mm -hmm. I do understand. But Tez went an opposite route. He immediately when he meets a new authority figure or adult, he just inserts Tez. Yeah. That's his name and tries to avoid the entire awkward conversation. Whereas my entire life, I would correct you no matter how many times it took (laughs) or what the age gap was. But Tez, he is at camp. He actually had to beg to go to camp. Mm-hmm. Tez has a Tez has a condition that is called hypermobile joints. Mm-hmm. And it's a medical condition which can lead to syncope, which is actually a panic. Well, syncope is a fainting type thing. And his is cardiac as well. So his heart can stop. Syncope can be very scary. I myself have had syncope a few times due to most people when they have a panic attack, their anxiety goes through the roof and they... Mm-hmm are overstimulated. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I have a panic attack, I get overstimulated by the emotional rise. And so my brain shuts my heart off and I will black out. And they're very scary because you can feel them coming, but you can't tell when you're about to be clicked off. I understand Tez's anxiety and the adults around him's anxiety for his condition, but Tez is trying desperately to get away from this mm-hmm. burden of yeah. people expecting him to not be able to handle anything. They think that he can't be overexerted in any way. And yeah. so they coddle him, I guess. Yeah, I think they coddle him. I think, again, this is another point of communication where they don't talk to him enough to Mm. understand that he wants to experience the world as a normal kid as best as he can. And this is his way of trying to get some sort of normalcy. Like every kid normally goes to summer camp. And so he wants to be involved in that to a certain extent because he's not allowed to do any of the physical stuff like the sports and whatever. But yeah, this is another chance, I think, for a caregiver to have a conversation with Des. (laughs) Well, not just a conversation, but to recognize Tez's bodily autonomy. Yeah. Because there's a moment in his perspective where he's trying to convince Corinne when she finally discovers that he has this condition mm-hmm. and she looks as if she's going to become overprotective of him after yeah. everything they've already gone through. Yeah. <laughs> He lets her know that the thing that's the most frustrating about his condition is not the condition itself. Mm -hmm. It's that the adults around him do not believe that he knows his body well enough after the condition has been explained to him and he's had it his whole life. As someone who has had syncope before, I can tell you, you know when it's going to happen. You may not know when that click is going to exactly turn you off, but you can feel the build. And so there are ways to Mm de-escalate that condition to bring yourself back down and to take yourself out of a situation that had triggered it. 
and Tez does not have people in his lives that believe he can follow those steps on his own, which is frustrating. Yeah, poor Tez. And he's really just, oh gosh, he's just so lovable. Like you really Mm. just love him. I love both of them. I like them both together, but I felt close with both Tez and Corinne. I think that they were both really well-written characters. Mm. I think that they were just so humorous. They had great vocabulary. Mm. You know, there were a lot of words that I feel like if this is a teen book, correct? It's mid-grade. Mid-grade? Okay. So I feel like there was a lot of introduction to some words and phrases that are kind of older. Mm. One of them was foilada, which I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, most adults know what that is. I felt the explanation was a little bit lacking, but I still think it was an easy way to introduce that phrase to mid-grade students, especially if you get into like horror, true crime. That's a phrase that you know very well. Yep. So I think that their language that they use was really good too. And it was really, they were just very well-written characters. I really love them. I'm looking forward to the second book. Yes. And I feel like some of the other kids were even really well-written. Was it Braids who fell during her sleepwalking? She was being marionetted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Braids was well-written. At the end, you see that she has been developing in the background the entire time. Yeah. And then Bold Cut as well mm-hmm. was developing the entire time in the background and is now going to be in the second book clearly braids and bull cut are going to be more in-depth characters yeah yeah which i really appreciate and i hope we get their names <laughs> yeah me too well i think braids is tammy because corinne was yelling at her trying to wake her up during oh, the, yeah, the haunting. Yeah. oh that's right that's right yeah he said nicknames only mm-hmm. something i did also appreciate was that the two camp counselors scary mary and gavin they remained two-dimensional yeah they really did there was no growth Mm-mm. never any sort of hidden like humanity within them that we ever saw and i think that and not everybody agrees and i understand but for me i think that there are some villains or antagonists who need to stay antagonists yeah. i don't always always want to discover that empathetic point where I now have to see from the bad guy's point of view. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love an anti-hero. They're my favorite. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some bad guys that I don't want to see the empathy side from because I think that that's a red flag. I think that trying to see empathetically through someone who has done truly terrible things mm-hmm. may set up a bad habit in younger kids. And that's just a personal opinion. I agree. I think that having them stay as villainous as they were is a good way to introduce that type of figure that you probably will never escape in mm-hmm. your lifetime. You'll always have someone that you meet that is a two-dimensional as Gavin and Scary Mary. So I think it was a good way to introduce it. And like you said, to to create empathy for a character who doesn't necessarily is deserving of your empathy mm. could be a way to just create some bad habits in the future because you can still be civil to somebody without having that empathy towards them and you know dealing with them properly. But I really liked that they were just the same throughout because we've all met that person in real life. Right. It also kind of prepares you for red flags for people who would be likely to gaslight you or Mm -hmm. to tell you that your version of things are wrong, which they did try doing at the very end of the book. Mm -hmm. And I really began to panic that that ranger was going to not listen to the children and was going to listen to these gaslighting adults. I was on my tippy toes for a little bit there. (laughs) Yeah, especially as it's ending and there's just like a few pages left and you're like, oh God, there's no resolution coming. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading this on ebook form and I kept touching the screen to be like, oh my gosh, there's only like 10 more pages left. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. (laughs) 
<laughs> Luckily, it, there was a good ending that I felt like comfortable with, and clearly there will be a sequel. So I was like, okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely picking up that sequel, which I don't think I felt that geared up to pick up a sequel in mid grade in a long time. Yeah, I think it's been a while for me. I can't think of the last mid grade book that I read the sequel to. To be honest, as an adult, as a child, mm, I mean, right. I'll- I can't think of any. I really can't think of any that I picked up. This one was really fun. It's a perfect mismatch of a couple of different horror types. So I think it's just, gosh, I just really loved it. <laughs> I can see it as a movie or a TV show. Yes, I would love for it to be a TV show. So the characters were, as we've said, were not only really well written, but there was a moment where they were trying to figure something out. And Tez, with his encyclopedic knowledge mm-hmm. of everything, because he's always reading, gave the answer and he was the one narrating and he said but I wish that I hadn't given the answer because Corinne looked at me like she's happy to have had it but sad that I knew it (laughs) like oh Tez I've been there all the time Yeah, Tess reminded me so much of you, personality-wise, that dry sense of humor. (laughs) I really liked Tess. Tess was so cute. Oh, we're correcting people and not reading the room. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, sometimes you read the room and you still do it, (laughs) but it's rightfully so. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Tess is the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like Tess was really considerate of Corinne a lot. Mm. And I liked that because I think with mid-graders, there's a lot of hormones are coming into mm. play and emotions are coming into play and you're just really figuring yourself out. So I think that as a small reader, this is a good one to read about interacting with you know your fellow peers mm-hmm. and Corinne and, and Tez really got along well because they were sort of like the outcasts of both of their groups. Yeah. And I really liked how they they were never mean with each other. Mm -hmm. They were always open and honest. They were considerate. And I really liked their interactions with each other, but also with their fellow campers, because while they were outsiders, I feel like they did their best to kind of, you know what I mean? Like they were really great at interacting with everybody. And this set a good example for any small child that's going into mid-grade reading and really trying to figure themselves out too. Like you were saying, when those hormones and emotions are beginning Mm -hmm. to tangle up and become really confusing as you hit into puberty, that there is a lot of social pressure, not just from your peers, but also the ways that with the adults around you talk Mm -hmm. about you and talk about your relationships with other children, which by the way is super wholly inappropriate and adults should not be doing that, but that they were teased and the teasing escalated through the book about how they were always together. People tease them about being lovebirds or what they were doing off in the woods Mm -hmm. by themselves. Super inappropriate from the adults, Mm -hmm. but very common from their peers. And they didn't let that sour their friendship, which I think often happens. I agree because I think those words and those phrases that come at you from your peers or the mocking, even if it's light and it's meant Mm. as a joke, I think that we were young once. (laughs) It just, it it gets in your head. It really gets in your head. So I really liked that they didn't let it get to them. You know, they had a strong enough friendship that they could overcome what other people said about them. Yeah, I really appreciated that because I know myself I definitely let those things get to me when I was younger. And it was unfortunate because not only should adults not have been manipulating the ways with which I viewed my friendships, Mm -hmm. even insinuating those things, that was none of their business. But to have my peers affect the ways with which I viewed my friendships, my relationships, and to have them sour, perfectly fine friendships 
that became awkward and kind of festered and fell apart. That's a terrible thing to lose during that time as a solid yeah. friendship. I mean, I'm fully awkward now, but I was even <laughs> more so younger. And so anytime that kind of phrasing came apart of, oh, you guys are spending so much time together, like, mm-hmm. you know, it made me pull away from yeah. that person because I just never wanted to enter into that awkward stage. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I could have done it without it as a small child, a teen. And seeing how maturely and level-headed Corinne and Tez handled these situations really made me happy to see that kind of behavior role modeled for kids in this book. I can't wait for my daughter to read this one. (laughs) Because I think there were just really so many positives that came out of it that she can learn from. Mm -hmm. I have a couple quotes here that I wanted to read because I thought they were just so funny. Well, first, I liked when all of the campers were talking about the campy horror movies they watched. They're talking about (laughs) Jason. Because So when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, obviously, of the Friday the 13th movies because like I'm a horror nerd. (laughs) And so I was like, they don't bring up Jason. I'm going to probably lose my head. But they did. It was very nostalgic for me. I loved it. (laughs) There was another little campy moment towards the end where I think it's Corinne asked, what's wrong with us that we don't want to leave what is very clearly a haunted camp? (laughs) Sadina knows this. I will leave a situation if there's even a hint of a scare or a haunt or anything. (laughs) I've watched you know horror movies and I've learned my lesson. Yes, yes, she will. She will not only leave the situation, she will leave a person behind in the situation. (laughs) Yeah, I will phone the authorities for you on my way out. (laughs) You got to be fast enough to catch up with me. So I thought that was really funny because I was like, yeah, that's so me. We've got to get out of here, get out of this camp. (laughs) But I like their response to it. They're like, they're like the firefighters. They go in and face the danger. That was very, very cute. I wouldn't do Mm -hmm. that, but more power to you. (laughs) (laughs) But there was another quote that really like, I had to stop reading and just kind of like sit with it for a little bit. Hmm. And I can't remember who said it. It's that it's not the dark that hurts you. It's what hides in it. Mm. And I was like, that's a really good quote because we just covered the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dark is an abstract fear, I would say. Yeah. And it's usually what's hiding inside the dark is what's really scaring you. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, you associate the dark with whatever it is that's hiding. And I thought that was a really good quote and I really loved it. That's one that I might save. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Another thing that I really took away from this was not just the two dimensional counselors never mm-hmm. growing, but the red herring that I honestly was convinced of until the end. The lifeguard. Yeah, the lifeguard. In fact, in the very beginning, I wasn't sure that everybody could see the lifeguard. When they mentioned that he was 100 years old, I was like, oh, he's definitely a ghost that only they can see. Yeah. So the lifeguard, but I was like, okay, the lifeguard's not a good guy, mm-hmm. but he he paid off in the end. I did not fall for the camp director being a good person. She's a little too saccharine for me. Yeah. There was a lot of red flags with her, I think. Mm -hmm. The lifeguard was very surprising because like you, I was like, oh, they're not looking close enough at this lifeguard because he's very clearly has something to do with it, which he did, but not the way we thought. Right. All honesty, that felt like the end of Hocus Pocus. Yes, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) I was like, this is so Thackeray Binks. It was so sweet and so beautiful. I just, especially then like coming out of the woods because she was like, oh, you can see them through the mist coming out of the woods. And I was like, oh my God, it's the end of Focus Focus. I love this. (laughs) There was so much nostalgia in this book that I just totally fell for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just excited to be able to read the second book. Me too. I don't even think we'll report on it. We'll just, I'm reading it for myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, we're reading it for ourselves. I'm not sure when it comes out, but yeah. I think it's already out. Okay, yeah, I got to request it now. (laughs) So for sure, look out for the second book because you know it's going to be good. For those that are wondering, the second book is Doom in the Deep. It actually came out in 2021, about a year ago in May. Ooh, I can't wait to read it. I got to request it now. (laughs) And I think with that, we're going to end. But before we end, let's give you some book recommendations. So these book recommendations are varied in age from mid-grade to YA. So just browse our catalog and read the summary before you check it out. The first book recommendation is Welcome to Camp Nightmare by R.L. Stein, who is a horror aficionado. Uh, (laughs) the next one is the troop by nick cutter and our last book recommendation is camp so-and-so by mary mccoy obviously read the second book in camp murder face doom in the deep that's another good recommendation (laughs) as sadina said we will be on hiatus for the summer as we plan our implement our summer reading (laughs) program which is not carnival of books it is ocean of possibilities (laughs) and we will not have clowns no we will not have clowns it's all ocean themed summer We will see you guys back in the fall and with more recommendations and horror books and spooky discussions. Yeah. Have a great summer, everyone. Bye. Bye.